Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax. Take a deep breath if you want to. But really just be open and available to what the Lord wants to reveal to you during this time. And remember, that's his job. We don't have to talk him into anything or qualify for what he wants to do in us and through us and to give to us. He qualified us, so we're qualified. We are part of his family, so everything that the family has, we have. Now, that can be hard on us. We have this idea about, you know, we're, you know, just sinners saved by grace and we're getting into heaven by the skin of our teeth. Well, a lot of that is just religion a lot of it is manipulation a lot of it's doctrine based on temperament because we really don't know a what's coming next as far as heaven and hell and all that kind of stuff but also just when we start seeing ourselves as God sees us as spirit beings that are part of him. It changes our outlook on everything. It and one of the problems it causes for those that are in religion is we become less and less vulnerable to manipulation and coercion and guilt tripping because when you are confident that God loves you unconditionally completely entirely forever and ever and eternally you don't have to worry about anything you can enter that rest now you can experience joy eternal life everything to do with the supernatural realm, everything to do with the natural realm. You can live and move and have your being in him now. And when that becomes our goal as individuals, it changes our perception of what organized religion has to offer. So instead of looking to church or the Bible or ministry or doctrine or even history, Christian history, instead of looking to those things to answer our questions, we are learning to go to God. 
and learning to overcome the fear of deception, the fear of our enemies, the fear, period. We're learning to see that every circumstance we're in is for our good, whether it's for our encouragement or correction or direction or exposing a lie that we're believing, that it serves God's purpose, and he has created those circumstances for us. So then we can see that whatever, for instance, whatever church he has us in, Lord, why am I here? And it may be for a reason that he doesn't even tell you. And it may be, you know, for it's most things are for a season. We're involved in work and, you know, where we live, all different kinds of things for a season. And we can approach what God is teaching us the same way is that he has us in certain situations, in certain times, in circumstances for a season so we can be affected or healed or in some way altered and changed. Not our spirit, but mostly our soul. Sometimes our body, but generally speaking, it's our soul that causes our problems. Because your soul has learned to do things contrary to what your spirit wants to do. Your spirit's already in full unity with God's spirit. But your soul doesn't like doing, your soul doesn't like being told what to do. Your soul's gotten used to doing its own thing. So when it's told what to do, even if it's for good, even it's when it's for what's best for your soul, your soul still wants to maintain control, even if it means making a mistake, being hurt, hurting others, at least it's still in control. That becomes the driving force. But God will not allow that because his purpose for you and for me is to bring us into unity, spirit, soul, and body. So he is freeing your soul from the lie that it believes, that it has life outside of spirit life that it can meet its needs outside of spirit. That it can be whole and complete and entire without spirit, without God. So how does God prove to soul that that that's not true? How does God show our soul that we need him? He lets soul fail we all continue a bad habit as long as it works 
So our soul has a bunch of bad habits, and he lets them fail. So we can turn to the soul to get our needs met. I mean, to the spirit to get our needs met. So our soul and spirit can be reunified. And the life, the eternal life, that's already in your spirit now can flow into your soul. And as we go through one circumstance, one lie, one healing at a time, that eternal life flows with less and less hindrance, less and less intrusion, interference, until it's just gushing through like a fire hose from spirit through soul, saturating our soul into our body, into the world. Now, we have a hard time getting an idea about what that looks like, let alone what it would be to experience that. But that's one of the things that drew people to Jesus when he was walking around, is he had all of his needs were already met. He was already one, complete and entire spirit, soul, and body, as he was one with Father. So he was the walking embodiment of what it was like to be one with God, spirit, soul, and body, what it looked like to be on this earth and be fully in God, fully in spirit. So he would... He turned the world upside down just by being himself. Just by moment by moment, one foot in front of the other, following the plan that he and his father had worked out. Now you and I are are far from that. We are still in the process of our soul being incrementally reunited to our spirit. But what Jesus experienced here on this earth, that would be our earthly goal. And God's going to do that. That's what God does. Our goal is to, again, recognize what he's doing so we're not fighting against him. And then taking advantage of every opportunity that he has us in to make the most of it. We don't want to look back and go, gosh, if I'd only been paying attention, I wouldn't have had to start all over again around this mountain. Because it's never by our effort. It's by our awareness. This is one of the reasons we're always emphasizing waiting on the Lord because he quickens our senses, but also now what we're getting into with the supernatural realm is increasing our awareness of what is already going on around us. God is already healing you. He's already letting your soul fail. Now, we've got three areas in our lives 
where God draws our attention when we are resisting him. So if you consistently have a problem in one of these areas, odds are you're trying to avoid something God is doing or trying to say to you. Those three areas are your health, your finances, and your relationships. If, If all your relationships are falling apart, ask the Lord, is there something that I've been resisting you on or ignoring you on or you're trying to get my attention? To keep on having health problems, you or someone in your families, keep on having health problems, ask the Lord, are you trying to get my attention? Then if you've got financial issues, same thing. Lord, are you trying to get my attention? Now, sometimes he just wants us to make changes in our health, in our relationships, in our finances. But a lot of times he's putting, he's getting, he's finding a way to get our attention. And pretty much they they all fall into those one or more of those categories. So if that's something, why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep losing my job? Every time I start with a company, the company goes belly up. Those are questions to ask the Lord. Is this you trying to get my attention? And we want to, again, be learning to communicate effectively with the Lord, being able to hear him clearly, being able to ask the right questions, which is really important. We always start with simple yes and no questions and then build up and recognize that how he communicates is going to change. It's going to change over time, and it's going to, how he reveals himself is going to change according to our situation. When we're talking about something that we have confidence in, he may speak to us in one way. When we're scared about something but we're willing to step out, he may be far more gentle or encouraging, where in the others he has there's different expectations. So we don't put God in a box. We don't put ourselves in a box. We have an expectation that over time he is revealing himself to us in in a way that will accomplish both of our goals. Because your goals, remember, who you truly are is a spirit being. Your goals are the same as God's. Just maybe not your soul. Your soul wants to maintain, maintain control, to continue to do things, its own way. That's why we end up double-minded. Our spirit wants to, knows what the the right way to do things is, and our soul says, yeah, that may be the case, but I'm still going to do it my way. Now, God picks and chooses what's important to him. And a lot of times what we think is important isn't. We're going to and let God be the one to decide what you need to work on. But one of the things we're learning to do is, just as we have con- learning to have confidence in our ability to hear him, we want to have confidence 
in what he's revealing to us. He's giving us a greater experience of our solical senses. Just again, as our physical senses, we generally end up taking them for granted. Our vision, our hearing, our smell. We assume that whenever we wake up, it's not going to be that big of a change from the day before because our senses work in an expected way and we've grown up with them. So they become very comfortable and familiar to us and we have a level of confidence. Now, some some of us need glasses. Some of us need hearing aids. Some of us can't smell with it worth anything. But all of us have those senses and we accept that they may not be perfect, but we can work with that. So as we approach learning about the supernatural realm, it's the same thing. Just as your natural being has senses, your soulical being has senses. Your soul. Your soul is comprised of your mind, will, and emotions. And I kind of avoid naming your soulical senses because it's easier to experience and not be distracted by trying to name what sense you are experiencing. So it's better to just experience the supernatural realm through your soul and just focus on that. It's real hard to argue with someone with experience. When you have an experience in the supernatural realm, people are going to argue with you. But you're just going to be able to say, I know what I know. I know what I've experienced. I know what reality is. And this is part of our, what's going to be an ongoing challenge is to to recognize we're not trying to make things happen. We're not trying to be, to grasp at what God is revealing or what he's doing in the supernatural realm, what he's showing us that's already happening in the supernatural realm. He's lifting that veil. So instead of being limited by seeing with our physical eyes, we are also seeing with our solical perception. Where it's, it's the same solical senses we had yesterday that we're using today. The difference is God is lifting that veil. And this is where we can start approaching him. And we've been talking about baptism, baptism with the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit, immersion, water baptism, all that. Whatever you want to do with that is fine. The bottom line is, though, that it's 
an, a request we make to God for change. We are asking the Lord to do something. To do something for us, to do something in us, to do something with us. And when we recognize that that's all he wants, we can have confidence that he hears. Because God does want to do something in you and with you and for you. Because, again, what is his very nature? His nature is love, and he shows his love by giving. Giving himself. Giving himself through our spirit, to our soul, to our body, to this world. We experience it first. You don't minister to the world and then receive the joy that comes from that. It may be a joyful thing, but you receive the joy from God, and then you share what you've received. When you receive it from God, it's unconditional. There's not going to be any jealousy or keeping track or making sure you're received well, being easily offended. When you receive unconditionally from God, you can give unconditionally and not care what the results are. So we ask God for what is typically referred to as a a baptism. Part of that is he wants us to have times in our life when we ask for things. When we ask for something, we are acknowledging our relationship with him. That everything, all good things, all things come from God. That we don't come up with them ourselves. It's not something our soul is able to do on its own. Our soul's natural habitat is the supernatural realm. But our soul has been disconnected from being able to relate to the supernatural because it's been doing its own thing for so long. But as our soul is freed by God, our soul becomes free to unite with spirit and interact freely with the supernatural realm. So we can ask the Lord to do something for us. And that's really, in a sense, that's what the baptism in or with or however, in the spirit, of the spirit, with the spirit, we can simply ask him, Lord, whatever you want for me, I want it. Now, that does many different things. But for one thing, it does open up that that you've acknowledged that relationship with God, that he is the giver and you are the receiver. That opens up that acknowledgement. But it also does something in your soul that says what 
he does, what God is going to do in my life, I have given him permission to do. So think about that. When when you say, Lord, I want this, I want more of you, or I want a baptism, I want a greater experience, you are saying, I'm giving you permission to do whatever you want to do. Now, your spirit's already done that. But what is your soul doing when your soul says, okay, you know, go ahead and do what you want to do? Your soul is submitting to your spirit. Your soul is acknowledging it can't control everything. So when we ask for any kind of an experience for a baptism in the spirit, baptism in fire, baptism in water, whatever we ask or experience or acknowledge that we have experienced, we are saying, your soul is saying, okay, this was an area where God moved and I gave him permission to move. That I've acknowledged that he has authority in this area. That I'm going to let him do whatever he wants. And I'm not going to complain about it. Now, sometimes we do anyway. Like when I said, Lord, you could do whatever you want, this isn't what I meant. That happens a lot. Our soul is, is going to complain. Because, again, our soul wants to remain in control. But asking God to do something, reveal himself, baptize him, baptize ourselves, baptize us, this increases our awareness of something he is already doing. He is already filling and baptizing and immersing us in him. He's already doing it. But by asking him, our awareness increases. So we ask him, Lord, whatever it is you want, whatever baptism, whatever revelation, do it. You're free to do it. I'm available. And then we give him a couple minutes. This is not a... You know, we don't have to make this a huge event. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's, it can be very dramatic where he makes big changes in us. He reveals himself largely. It's not that the salvation is any greater or that that person who has a big experience compared to someone who has a small experience, there's no difference. It was what God's plans are for each one of us as individuals. But we give the Lord a couple moments to make himself known. By asking the Lord for a baptism or a revelation of himself, you've made yourself available to him unconditionally in this area. And again, there's going to be different areas. So that whatever he wants for you, you have acknowledged his right and authority to give it to you in his manner, and in his timing. You may think, okay, 
well, this is an area I'm interested in, so I'm going to ask the Lord to reveal himself or baptize me more, stir up whatever, however you want to phrase it, do something in this area, and then nothing happens, as far as you're aware. Something difficult might arise in your life, and you go, oh, wait a minute, this isn't what I was asking for. But actually, often what happens is we want something in one area, and to get there, God has to deal with a lie we're believing or a wound that needs to be healed or changes in our, how, how our thinking is in our soul, that we're relying on the strengths of our soul and hiding from our weaknesses. But whatever it is, God knows what he's doing. So even if you ask for, for him to reveal in a particular area, where he has said, this is where I want, I'm going to reveal. What he does next may not have any relationship with that. Whether you sense a change of any kind at that moment or not is not relevant to the asking. Though you can be assured that he will in some way acknowledge the asking by responding. Just sometimes that responding will not be what you'd hope for. Now, this is, again, we're talking about increasing our awareness. Increasing our awareness of his presence, of his rest, of his voice, of his presence. So we'll be picking it up here the same place next week, the same time. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.